Luke chapter 1 and chapter 2, it talks about the birth of our Savior Jesus Christ. And it directs our minds, we'll look at Luke's account, uh, to the uh, one of the greatest miracles that had ever happened up to this time and since that time. And that was the virgin birth of our Savior Jesus Christ. How that Christ was conceived of the Holy Ghost, not through... Uh, normal methods or sinful methods, but through the Holy Ghost, through perfection. We'll look at uh, verse uh, 31 of chapter 1. Verse 30 says, And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. I want to get over to the second chapter. Normally we focus on the first and uh, want to get to the second chapter here in just a minute, but this leads up to it. It says, the angel said unto her, fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Now, Mary, uh, some folks uh, uh, worship Mary, but Mary is a sinner just like everybody else. Yet Mary was favored by God and God had mercy upon her and God chose her. But Mary was not sinless. We don't worship Mary, we worship the Savior, Jesus Christ. We're thankful for Mary, but we don't worship Mary. And here's what he says. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. If you go to Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, it says, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus And he shall save his people from their sins. It just really emphasizes the precious doctrine of God's amazing and sovereign grace. That he has a people that he's going to save from their sins. And Jesus Christ did what he came in the world to do. It says that, Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son. Thou shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great. And shall be called the son of the highest. The Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom there shall be no end. And then it says that Mary. It says then said Mary unto the angel. How shall this be? Seeing that I know not a man. Now. It's, it's uh, my understanding that even among the Christian culture, that there's many that doubt two things. Many that doubt the word of God, whether it truly is the inspired word of God, and many that question and doubt the virgin birth of our Savior Jesus Christ. But right here it says, the angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. This is how it took place. The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing, which is Christ, that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. He said it's the, uh, the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, that shall come upon thee. The power of the highest shall overshadow thee. And it goes on down and it says that she tells her cousin Elizabeth and uh, when she does that 
John, who was about six months along in the womb of Elizabeth, it says at the salutation or at the, the message of Christ, of the coming of Christ, that John, while yet in the womb of his uh, mother Elizabeth, that uh, John wept for joy while yet in his mother's womb. In verse 44, 45, 46, in that area. John uh, was born and then his father, uh, Zacharias, uh, basically prays a prayer or sings a, a psalm of praise. Uh, he tells them, you, you don't name him after me, you name him John, that, he, that it's been told to me that his name is John. And then he comes down through the remainder of chapter 1 and spends about uh, 12 verses in praise to God uh, in those verses for his son. And, and he says that he's going to be the forerunner of the coming of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And then we'll come down and look at chapter 2. Pray the Lord will bless us for a few minutes. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augusta that all the world should be taxed. They were dealing with tax issues back then. Uh, that's not anything new. And this was a requirement that they were dealing with here. It says, and, and it, 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 uh, it basically is telling us that folks were to go and to be registered or to list their name on a register uh, to be accountable and to be, to be taxed. To put their name on a register so that uh, they're, they're, they would know exactly how many there were so that they could, they could be taxed. Uh, a register is something that uh, 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 is a listing uh, or a document that would have your name upon it. Uh, we have a register out in the foyer. Uh, in fact, Sister Kathy Parker put it out there. And it's a register that anybody that's able to uh, help Sister Susan move uh, you can put your name on that register and uh, Sister Kathy will coordinate when, uh, uh, when she has the need and when you have the time and that will allow you to, to help out Sister Susan. Well, last Sunday afternoon, little Asa was signing the register in the foyer and you can look at the register and uh, his name is right in the middle and he said, Brother Stephen, you need to sign this. And I said, I'll sign it a little later. He said, you need to sign it right now. Well, that's what Caesar Augustus was putting in place. He said, you need to come and register right now. And I know it wasn't a convenient time because of the condition of Mary as she was just about to be with child. And yet she was required to go and register for the taxing. And it says this taxing was first made by... Uh, Cyrenus was the governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, every one unto his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, unto Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Now it's interesting that this, this uh, birth of Christ and where the coming of the Messiah would be was prophesied. So this is actually, the things that are taking place here are the fulfillment 
of a prophecy that was made many, many years before. And it says that Joseph went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. So she was just about to the point of delivering this child. And yet they went uh, to, uh, to, to list or sign the registry so that they uh, would be accountable. It says to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. It basically means that she's fulfilled the, the time of carrying the child, the nine months that uh, traditionally is the time. And it says that that time is fulfilled. And it says it was so that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son. Now, it was prophesied that the coming Messiah would come. And the Jews assumed that the message would come to the great leaders. And they were looking for the coming of the Messiah in coming with grandeur and splendor. And they were, they were seeking the deliverer to come, but they weren't seeking him to come the way that he came. And that's why you, you've heard of folks, say, uh, the old saying, well, uh, somebody, somebody flew under the radar. Well, Jesus Christ right here, he was way under the radar of the Jews that were looking for him to come in a different fashion, in a different mode. They thought that he would come with great splendor, with, with great pomp. And yet Jesus Christ came and it was completely different than that. It was completely different from the standpoint of the world that he was in. But it wasn't completely different from the standpoint of the notice that was taken in heaven itself. It was, a, it was great splendor in heaven. And we'll see that here in just a minute. You know, I think, it, I think we are, are given good liberty and good encouragement to rejoice at the birth of Christ. You know why? Because there was rejoicing in heaven. There's rejoicing in heaven when a sinner repents. I don't understand all of that. But to some degree, there's, there's the angels in glory that take note of a sinner that repents. And at the birth of Jesus Christ, there was great rejoicing in heaven itself. So even though this world thought that he would come in one fashion and he came in another and others didn't take notice of him in heaven itself. There was great rejoicing at the birth of Christ. So we have full authority to rejoice at the birth of Christ, not only on December 25th. It may have been December 25th. It may have been October. It may have been November, whenever it was about the birth of Christ. But the good news is that Christ was born, that Christ came and he came in the flesh. Now, we'll briefly try to go through chapter 2. I encourage you to go home and read it. It is so good. It is so rich. So many, uh, you'll see the hand of God in so many, many ways here in chapter 2. And there were in the same country, oh, verse 7, and she brought forth her firstborn son 
and she wrapped him in swaddling clothes and she laid him in a manger. Now, now what is that that it's referring to right there? I expect Brother Justice could tell us what it's referring to. It's a feeding trough for the animals. And the reason that he was placed in here is that there wasn't any room for him even in the common inns. Yet this is the, the king of glory being born. Look at what it says. There was no room for him in the inn. And there were in that same country shepherds abiding in the field. Keeping watch over their flock by night. Now this, this, is, this next portion of the experience happens to just almost reaffirm what the angel had told the mother of Jesus about the coming of the Christ child. And it says that it says several times in here that as things were 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 coming to fold, as things were beginning to happen here, it says it, it says uh, several times here in these few chapters and Mary pondered those things in her heart. You know, sometimes we would do well to just simply ponder some things in our hearts. Sometimes we're real quick to make an opinion, make a statement, when in essence it would do us well to take the example that Mary had and ponder some things in our heart. As these things begin to unfold one by one, it says that Mary pondered. She considered what, uh, what these uh, shepherds told her. She considered what the angel told her and she pondered those in her heart. It says... And while the shepherds were abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night, it, there, there were different watches and they took turns uh, watching the flock. And it says, And lo, the angel of the Lord came unto them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. I, I didn't get to hear it this morning. I hope that some of you did. Sister Jerry said that she heard it. The wonderful message that Elder Bradley preached on, on the radio uh, in Baltimore and, and throughout the country. And uh, she said that um, the title of it was, uh, was Fear Not. And it was in regard to this lesson here. Maybe you can get it online. Maybe you can get it on iHeart or those other areas. But I uh, hope you get to hear the message that Elder Bradley preached today. She said it was really, really good. Encourage you to listen in on that. It says the... Glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all the people. I I'm sure when this miraculous event happened, that they were almost perplexed. And immediately, right then, immediately, the angel tried, not uh, attempted, but did rest their fears when the angel immediately came in and told them, fear not. You know, isn't it, uh, Brother Compton used to talk to us about our imagination. And uh, in the psalm, it talks about our vain imagination. And everybody, I don't know about you, but anybody here ever have a vain imagination? Well, I imagine these shepherds probably, they were natural men and they probably had one as well. Uh, sometimes our mind just automatically goes in that direction. I, I, I never, I, I remember when uh, uh, Colin and Elsa called and they said, we need to talk to you. 
And I said, well, I've, I've got to preach an appointment out of town this weekend, and I'm sorry I can't be there this weekend, but maybe next weekend. They said, we need to talk to you. And all of a sudden, my mind went to the direction that they're having marital problems. <laughs> and I thought, surely not. They're one of the most encouraging couples that we have at Mount Carmel, and they're such a blessing. And, and I just began to pray for them and was so uh, burdened about the news, and they just kept saying, we, we really need to talk to you. And I was dreading it. <laughs> and when we finally talked about 10 days later, they said, we just wanted to be the first to tell you that uh, we're going to have a baby. <laughs> what great news. Well, these, uh, these shepherds had great fear at first and yet the angel comes in immediately after that and says fear not and then he he comes on down and and it it states what's about to take place the angel said unto them it says uh, lo the lord the angel of the lord came and the glory shone round about and the angel said fear not for behold i bring unto you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all the people. And, 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 and truly, this has been the best news that ever could be told. Now, clearly, this didn't mean all the people of Adam's race. But it meant all the people that were chosen in Christ from before the foundation of the world. This wasn't good news for Herod. This wasn't good news for Pilate. This wasn't good news for some folks that were there. This wasn't good news for everybody, but it was good news for all the people whom Jesus Christ represented upon the cross of Calvary. Here he says, I bring good tidings to you. Great joy. He says, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is the Christ child. It says... And this shall be a sign unto you that ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. Did you know that when the angels told these shepherds this, they knew where to look. They knew where to find him. They knew that they weren't going to find him in some fine uh, lodging or some fine hotel. They knew where they were going to find him when he said, you're going to find him wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel, and this is why I think we have full authority to rejoice, to, to rejoice in the Lord at the birth of Christ every time, not just uh, December 25th, but all throughout the year. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace, goodwill toward men. Jesus Christ is our peace. Jesus Christ broke that middle wall of partition down by his life, by his sacrifice, and he is our peace. This doesn't mean that there's always peace all the time, 100% of the time in the world. It doesn't mean that we're always at peace. But it does mean that he made peace between 
ourselves and our sinful condition and his heavenly father. And he says, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let us now go even to Bethlehem and let us see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And he says, and they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made it known abroad, uh, the saying which was told them concerning this child. And when they, uh, when they that heard this, they wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But here it says it again. But Mary kept all those things and pondered them in her heart. This was bearing witness with what the angel had told Mary that was going to happen. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all things that they had heard and had seen. And it was told unto them. And when the eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus. The fulfillment of what Matthew said in verse 121. It says his name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. We, uh, we, we do that every time that we have the opportunity that a new family has, that they're blessed with a precious child. We ask the family to come forward. And by the way, John and Mallory Karpinski had another little boy this last week. But they bring the child up and we pray that God will have mercy upon the parents and have mercy upon the child and bless them in the upbringing of that child. Here it says that as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy unto the Lord and to offer a sacrifice, which is that which is said in the law of God, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons depending on their wealth or lack thereof. The offering was affected by that. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. Now, we've already seen how that the, the uh, angels led the shepherds to find the Savior. And that's uh, a, a confirmation about the birth of Christ. That here the angels told Mary... And now they've told the shepherds about the birth of Christ, the coming of the Messiah, the deliverer. And here we're going to see that another individual is told about the birth of Christ and is actually looking forward to the birth of Christ. And the angel, uh, uh, the, the Holy Spirit made him aware that this man, even though he was well stricken in years that this man would not see death. It just simply meant that in his lifetime that he would that he would see the Messiah before he died. That the coming of the Messiah would happen in his lifetime. So this is another fulfillment of that, that Jesus Christ was who they tell us that he was with this visual testimony that Christ would come in the lifetime of this individual. 
And so it says that, behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was a just and a devout man waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. I believe it simply means he was a spiritual man. He was led of the Spirit. He was directed of the Spirit. The Lord, uh, uh, the Spirit of God blessed him. And it says that the Holy Ghost was upon him and it was revealed unto him. The Holy Ghost revealed it unto him that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child, Jesus, for to do after uh, him after the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and he blessed God and said. So you can see right here that the Holy Ghost impressed this old uh, this old man, Simeon, that you will not see death until you see the coming of the Messiah. You might say, well, well, how, how did God speak to him? We see that the angels spoke to various individuals right here. We see that the Holy Spirit spoke to individuals. How does God speak to you? God sometimes speaks to us as we're reading his word. Sometimes we can read his word and it almost looks like it jumps off the page that it has our name written above it. And you know without a doubt that God is speaking to you through his word. But God also speaks to us through impressions. Now, somebody said one time, be careful that you don't mistake it as indigestion. That uh, you need to make sure that it's the Lord that's impressing you and the Lord that's directing you. But I tell you, one of the ways that God speaks to his people through the blessing of the Holy Ghost, through the blessing of the Holy Spirit, is that when we're seeking wisdom, when we're seeking God's direction, when we're seeking to know his will, when we, when we are seeking in that direction, all of a sudden, and, and, and I believe this comes also through prayer and fasting, all of a sudden, God can bless you with a peace that passes all understanding. And you know that's the right thing to do. God can impress through the Holy Spirit. And you'll have a peace about the decision that God gives you. Well, the Holy Spirit led Simeon. The angels led Mary and the shepherds. And it says that the Holy Spirit impressed upon Simeon that when this child came, that this was the child that had been told to him that he would not depart from this life until he saw the coming of the Messiah, the consolation of Israel. Look what he says right here. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. Now, isn't it something? I, I, I don't believe that uh, Simeon just happened to go at that time. I believe the Spirit of God directed Simeon. I believe the Spirit of God led uh, uh, the, the parents of that uh, Joseph and Mary. I believe that they came just at the, the right time. And it says that the Spirit of God came into the temple. And when the parents brought the child in, it says he took up the child in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation. I believe Simeon says, I'm, I'm ready to go on and be with the Lord. 
I've been looking for the coming of the Messiah. I've been looking for the deliverance. And now he's been placed in my arms. And he says, I'm ready to go on and be with the Lord. That's the fulfillment of it. So you've seen that the shepherds were impressed and led by the angels. You see where Simeon was impressed and led of the Holy Spirit. And then this is what he says about it. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation. He said, I'm ready to depart and go on. Mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Can you imagine what? Can you imagine? I mean, we get just completely excited when God blesses with new little ones along the way. And you get to hold them for for a few minutes. And what joy there is. I I expect Sister Jerry was just uh, rejoicing when she held her first great-grandson the other day. And what a happy time that was. Can you imagine what Simeon must have felt like to hold the Savior, the Christ child, the Redeemer of all of, of His people, the one that would, would, would pay the sacrifice for our sins. Can you imagine what Simeon must have felt when he was holding the Christ child? Oh, I expect, Sister Jerry, it was a thousand times the same rejoicing that you had with, with your great-grandson when Simeon was able to hold this little Christ child. He said, it doesn't get any better than this. I'm ready to go on and be with the Lord. I'll never have an experience that will be greater than this. He says, mine eyes have seen thy salvation. He was talking about that his eyes saw Christ, our Savior. Which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through his own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. I I just imagine that Mary, no doubt the Holy Spirit blessed Mary and comforted Mary and held her up through even all of the reports about uh, what Christ would experience. And then it says, so we've seen the shepherds that were impressed of the, that were, that were taught of the angels. We, we've seen Simeon who was impressed of the Holy Spirit. And now there's one more individual that had been looking for the coming of the Messiah. And there was one, Anna. It says she was a prophetess and that she was um, of great age. She had lived with an husband seven years from her virginity and she was a widow of about fourscore and four years. That would be 84. I, I, I don't know if she, was, if she was 84 years old or... Uh, She was at least over 84. And it says that she was a widow of about 84 years. And her purpose and mission and desire, even into her old age, was to be used and to serve in the house of the Lord. Look at what it says in the temple. It says, and she departed... She, she departed not from the temple, 
but she served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And she coming in that instant gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake unto all that looked for the redemption in Israel, in Jer- all the redemption in Jerusalem. She also was affirmed and confirmed by the Holy Spirit that this was the coming of the Messiah, the Christ child. It comes down and it talks about the, the early years of Christ. You might, in your conversations, you might be challenged or you might even wonder in your own mind, could this really happen? Is it really possible? Is it really likely that an infant could be born out of this method, these means? We're told that it happened and the Holy Ghost came upon Mary. And there's something in me that believes that that's how it happened. I think that what helps us to believe it is that God gives us something when he gives us the new birth. It's, I, I don't want to say it's a package deal, but there's a whole lot of things that accompany your salvation. And one of those things that accompany your salvation is a great blessing that God gives you something called faith. And it's, it's not according to the natural logic. If you're going to reason it out, you're going to reason yourself outside the box of realizing that it could happen. Because it's not going to happen through natural logic. But if you've been given the Spirit of God, and you've been given, you've been made aware of your sinful condition, if you've been... Brother Asa ably prayed in his prayer and reminded us of our of our sinful, depraved condition. Uh, new birth shows that to us. It shows us that we're not as good as we thought we were. In fact, we're a whole lot worse off than we thought we were. But it also shows us and points us towards something called God's amazing grace. And all of a sudden, you can relate. To the songwriter John Newton, we rejoiced yesterday at the service of Sister Ruth that her favorite song was Amazing Grace. That speaks volumes about an individual. If they embrace the message in God's amazing grace, that is an evidence that God's done a work of grace in their heart. You're not going to understand, appreciate God's amazing grace. Well, you're not going to embrace this if you don't have the Spirit of God dwelling in your heart. You're going to say, that's a fable, that's a fairy tale. I don't see how that could work. But if God's put His grace in your heart and God's blessed you with something called faith, then you realize, I believe this really could be the case. I believe that there is a man that was born by a virgin birth and gave his life for my sins. 
And I believe his name is Jesus Christ. And that's my hope. If I didn't have that hope, I'd be a pretty miserable wretch. You talk about we're, we're depraved sinners. We wouldn't have anything to rejoice in, anything to hope about. Jesus Christ is our all in all. We don't have any place else to go. We don't have any place else to look. We can't, Brother Steve and Brother Asa and Brother Chuck and I, we don't have any other message to encourage you with. We don't have any other message than the message of Jesus Christ. We're told that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin birth. It was affirmed by the shepherds that were led of the holy uh, of the angels from above. There was rejoicing in heaven. The Holy Spirit impressed Simeon, impressed uh, Anna, that this was the coming of the Messiah. And I believe it's the Holy Spirit that bears witness of that in our heart as well. If you rejoice in that message, it's because you've got the Spirit of God dwelling within you. That's our hope and that's our all. Is in Jesus Christ. May God bless you.